Welcome back to another edition of Inside the Huddle Podcast with Brayden Sprenna and Southern California Prep Insider, a podcast for coaches, by coaches, and with coaches. And we finally got the first week of the season in, and I'm excited. I'm excited for week two already. Um, some big things happening in week one. Um, just to recap what, what happened in week one, had a lot of a lot of big games that stood out to me, but let's let's get into the top ten, the San Diego Prep Insider top ten. Uh, a little bit of update here, Torrey Pines jumps to the one spot, LCC jumps from uh, seven to two after their win against Cathedral Catholic, Madison jumps up to three after their win over Ranch Bernardo, Carlsbad jumps into the rankings for the first time. Going from unranked to number four. Then you got Helix dropping to five after the loss to Cajon. San Marcos stays the same at six after a close victory over Otay Ranch. Cathedral Catholic will drop to seven now, trading places basically with La Costa Canyon um, after their loss. Mission Hills will drop down to eight as they lost to Paramount last week. Ramona uh, got the win last week over... Over modern day, they jump into the rankings for the first time at number nine, and then East Lake drops from nine to ten um, to be- to round up the rankings here in week two um, for San Diego section and San Diego Prep insiders uh, vote for the top ten rankings here in San Diego. And some things jumped out to me, and the first thing that jumped out to me uh, about last week was. The sloppiness of a lot of games. I felt like a lot of teams were kind of sloppy. I thought the football was kind of kind of sloppy. And yeah, I know it's it's week one, and that usually happens. But it seemed to be a little bit more common this week, um, this year than than in years past. And I think it has to do with the season starting early. Uh, I mean, you eliminated five to six. Um, I heard some people even ten practices that you usually get that you don't get right now because uh, we already played a game last week as opposed to starting this week on the 24th, uh, like we're doing here for week two. So I think that played a huge part in it. And the other thing that, that caught my eye is there's no real dominant team this year. I didn't think anybody uh, made a statement last week and said, you know what, we're the team to beat. We're the team that, you know, you should have the tar- we should have the target on our back of, of trying to catch us because because they, they, they you know, basically outperformed everybody. Um, but... It's early, so we'll see what happens. And you know, we had some tough matches matchups with Mission Hills going out of town playing Paramount, and, and them dropping that game, and then Helix going out of town uh, and getting and getting rolled by uh, Cajon up there in San Bernardino, who's a really great team up in, the, up in the southern section. So besides that, again, like I said, I don't think there's one dominant team in San Diego. I think there was a couple statement games made. I thought Carlsbad made a statement in their win uh, and their sound win over Steel Canyon, forty-two to thirteen, uh, for Carlsbad in that game. I think that was a statement game, uh, showing that you know Carlsbad is here. They're returning fourteen starters. Uh, they got Austin Turner, four-star recruit, who's committed to Washington, who's an unbelievable player up there for Carlsbad. And we'll talk to we'll talk a little bit more Carlsbad football here in the podcast as Coach Thad McNeil joins us uh, later in the program. We we'll also have uh, Coach Charles James of San Diego High. He'll talk about his Las Vegas trip and the win that San Diego High got. And then we'll also have Coach Rick Jackson on. We had a pretty tough game against Rancho Bernardo last week. Rancho Bernardo gave him a run for their money, but you know Rick Jackson, like he said, he's got a lot of athletes at his school, and, and they're 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 in a spot where they're always a contender. Uh, year in and year out, we'll, we'll we'll talk to him about his squad this year, and, and we'll talk to him all about the the topic of the week. And the topic of the week this week is going to go from the sided 
debate that we had last week for San Diego Prep Insider on the podcast. If you didn't check that out, check out YouTube. Check out San Diego Prep Insider um, on Twitter, as well as SouthernCaliforniaPrepInsider.com. We'll have all the content up there for you if you missed last week's podcast. But on last week's podcast, we had the cited update, um, you know, topic of debate where you can go on there and debate and, and debate with us of uh, your opinions on certain topics. And the topic last week that we're going to use on the coaching show this week is should San Diego high schools play out of, out of section? Is it good for San Diego to play out of section? Is it bad for San Diego to play out of section? Give us your take. And we'll, we'll get into it later. And and some of these coaches will, will talk about some, some great points in, in the fact that you know maybe some of these uh, public schools in the inner city can't afford to play out of state. Maybe they can't afford to play out of section, rather. And it costs them on, on when it comes to bus trips and the way they have to travel, which, which kind of becomes a nightmare for them. Another another uh, downside to it is um, you know scheduling and that and uh, what goes on with scheduling, it it, it gets kind of difficult for some of these teams as you look because a lot of emails back when it comes to scheduling and not all not all teams do this because there's a lot of teams that that want to play anybody they'll play anybody anytime anywhere uh, or said or so they say they will um, that respond with not this year maybe in a couple years and there's a lot of schools that are struggling to find games Helix is one of them. And, and a lot of you guys that are on the coach's corner know this. They're always posting to try to find games. Their JV team and their freshman team was looking for multiple games, you know, with two weeks before the season. The varsity team was able to get a couple games, but they had to go out of town. Madison has to go out of town twice. They play Palo, Palos Verde up in L.A., and then they play uh, Vista Marietta. Luckily, Vista Marietta will come down to them, but that's, an out of, that's a school that has to play out-of-town teams. Uh, some of the North County schools uh, can't find games, and, and they have to go out of town. Oceanside played San Clemente. Lacoste Canyon is going to play San Clemente in two weeks, and Torrey Pines plays San Clemente this week. Um, so it's an interesting dis- uh, topic of discussion. We'll get in with those coaches in just a little bit. I do like to point out. I want to point out that I did go ten and one in picks last week. Yeah, I'm gonna take some credit for that. Ten and one in picks last week. My one blemish, and I don't even know why I picked Steel Canyon over Carlsbad because I had a feeling Carlsbad was going to win. But I picked I picked Steel Canyon to win that game coming off a state championship, and I was really wrong with that pick because Carlsbad put the beat down on Steel uh, last week. But other than that, I, uh, everything I picked uh, worked out for me. Um, and my connections with Cathedral, I didn't pick the Cathedral La Costa Canyon game. Um, I probably would have picked Cathedral, but you know I didn't pick the game, so. Uh, I'm not counting that as a loss. If you count that as a loss, I'm 10-2. If not, I'm 10-1. It doesn't matter. I did pretty good in picks, and we'll, we'll pick some games uh, later on. The other thing I want to point out, um, we got to stop hating on these kids, man. A lot of haters out there hating on teams, hating on opponents, hating that, you know, it's fine if you don't dislike your opponent and that sort of thing, but um, I think some of this hate is getting out of hand when it comes to, um, you know, the, the San Diego High School football especially with some of the top programs uh, in San Diego County, the North County schools, Helix, the private schools. There's always an excuse about when they win, and it's not fair to the kids, and it's not fair to the coaches that coach there. Because here's the bottom line. In San Diego, and as great as we think San Diego high school football is, and we're passionate about it, we love it, and we support our squads when they go out of town, and I love that, and I do that myself as well. But there really isn't one dominant team down here. There really isn't one team down here that plays by different rules. And there's really not a team down here um, that gets all the athletes. Because every every school has their own rules. 
you got schools with open enrollment. You got the private schools that that uh, don't have a district. You got the new transfer rules. You got the city league uh, schools that if you live in the city limits, you can go there. Um, you got schools and districts that they're the only school that has a football team. I mean, it's all over the place. The bottom line is, let's see how your fourteen to eighteen, you know, year old kids do against my fourteen and eighteen year old kids, and that's what it comes down to. It. And everybody gets on their high horse. Well, they recruit or, or they give out scholarships or, you know, they get all the transfers. The bottom line is you guys still play the game. And I think most coaches know that. I think most of you guys that listen to the podcast are believers in that. Uh, but you got to play the game. There's too much hating going involved. There's too much they do this wrong. They cheat like this. They do that. Worry about yourself. I'm going to worry about my team. As a coach, I'm going to get my guys ready. We're going to control what we can control. And we talk about that with, with, with some of the coaches that are coming up here on the program shortly. And, and before we get into it, let's uh, we're going to have Rick Jackson on coming up next. He's going to talk about his Madison Warhawks, how they did last week, and their upcoming game against Benita Vista. We're going to talk to Thad McNeil and the story of him coming home to uh, back to Carlsbad and being the Carlsbad head coach um, back at his alma mater and the journeys he's been through, and the competition he had to go through as, as a young coach up in L.A. in Orange County playing against the Servites, the modern days, and that sort of thing, and how that competition uh, has led him to be such a good coach this uh, down here in, in San Diego. And then we talked to Charles James, and talked to Charles James about San Diego High, the great run that they had last year going to 12-1, and and how he's turned that program around um, in their upcoming game against Lincoln. So when we come back, on the Inside the Huddle podcast with Braden Soprannett, we'll have Rick Jackson from Madison. You're listening to Inside the Huddle podcast with Braden Soprannett on Southern California Prep Insider. Welcome back to the Inside the Huddle podcast with Braden Soprannett with Southern California Prep Insider. I'm now joined by head coach of the Madison Warhawks, Rick Jackson. He's entering his 15th season. He's had a pretty good stint over there at Madison, 130-39 and 39 overall. Coach Jackson, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing great as well. You know, football is in full force, which I'm totally fired up about. Let, let's get into you and your your coaching background. Um, you know, I've asked all, all the coaches that have come on my podcast what what got you into coaching, and, and at what point in your life where you're like, you know what, I want to I want to be able to coach, um, you know, some young men in in such a great sport. Well, I mean, obviously, it comes from the love of the game. So there comes a time when we all stop playing. And uh, I knew early on that my football career wasn't going to go very long. You know, I had four knee surgeries before my senior year in high school. So my dreams of going on and playing were kind of squashed abruptly. Um, so I figured if I wanted to stay in the game, you know, coaching was the next best thing. Um, so, you know, I got focused on my academics and uh, just went to SDSU for my education. And then uh, got to coaching, coached for five or six years at Scripps. And now this is my 19th season at Madison. So, uh, I love it. Love the game. I love obviously the kids that that we work with, and so it's just been a really good fit for me. Let's talk about you know you taking over as the head coach at Madison, um, you know years ago, and Madison is a program that has been around um, in San Diego for a long time, where the football program has been pretty much the top level uh, when it comes to football. You take over, and it's it wasn't you turning around the program, but you you know taking them to the next step and the next level of where Madison football is right now. 
what is the difference from, you know, a full rehaul process that a lot of coaches have to go through compared to, you know, you and your staff, what you and your staff started 15 years ago and getting Madison to the, you know, the top five level they are right now? Well, I'll be honest. We had, we had to go through that complete rehaul. You know, I came in, I was a D coordinator for four years with Steve Miner when I originally came in. And I'll never forget the first spring ball we had, we had 14 guys out there. So it was a complete rehaul in that aspect of just kind of getting the buy-in and getting the, the kids and the community um, and, and that stuff on board because I don't think they had ever been used to, you know, being successful. So I think one of the biggest things that has led to that success is just uh, the consistency and, you know, being there for, I'm going to say 19 years, you know, even though I was a D coordinator that first four years, Steve and I worked, you know, very close, obviously, um, and getting that thing started and just showing consistency and showing the kids that we love them and we're going to coach them with love. And it doesn't mean we're going to be easy on them. We're going to be hard on them. Um, but the, really the buy-in is the out of season stuff. The in season stuff is pretty easy. You know, it's the out of season stuff. It's those, those weight room grinds. It's, you know, all the different things. We went to the Fresno state camp, you know, seven or eight years in a row when we were still allowed to do that. And those are the things that, you know, you just got to create a culture you know, of, of toughness and a culture of being competitive and a culture, like I said, of love, you know, and respect. And I think all those different things kind of go in hand in hand. I, obviously, we've had great coaches at Madison. We have a great staff um, and they all buy into what we're doing. And um, we're a very loyal staff to one another, you know, and, and that's one of the things that I think is the number one thing is, is you have to have a loyal staff and guys that are on board with what we're trying to do, even if they don't necessarily agree with everything that we do. So I think all of those different little variables, you know, kind of blended together, you know, have have helped create kind of what we have going on there now. Let's talk about 2016. And in 2016, um, they made the new Western League how it is right now with St. Augustine, Point Loma, you guys, Cathedral Catholic, and then it was Mira Mesa time, now Lincoln. Uh, Going into that offseason with the new league and and the challenges you're going to face you know, you ended up playing San Augustine in a CIF championship game. You guys at Cathedral won a state championship game. Did you were you excited to start league play with a league that that was this tough? And at at one point, did you know like maybe this this might be the best league in in San Diego County? Yeah, I mean, you know, you always want to have that competition. I mean, obviously, it's a great great football league. Um, you know, I see all the debates going back and forth with with that league, you know, our league and the Avocado. I mean. Obviously, Avocado is a great league too. So, you know, I mean, those are those are some of the prime time teams, you know, in the in the Western League. And and that year, you know, I mean, it just so happened, you know, Cathedral was, you know, whatever, undefeated, fifteen and zero. So, you know, we win a, a CIF championship, we win a state championship, but we don't win the league championship. So it's kind of it's kind of crazy when you when you think about that stuff. But we embraced that, you know. We kind of we worked our way up, you know. I know a lot of coaches out there want instant gratification, you know. They they start coaching and they expect that it's just going to happen. And it's just going to turn over overnight. It's it's a it's a process and it's a grind. And so every time that we've moved up, because we started what was then the Harbor League, you know, we were in the the lower quote unquote lower league, um, and we worked our way up. We worked our way up into the Western, and then the Western kind of flopped and then became like what the Eastern was and the name switch and all that stuff. So. You know, we kind of worked our way up, and we embraced that. We 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 love that competitiveness. It's hard for us because we're a small school, a small public school, and I don't think people quite understand. You know that. You know, I think we have 87 guys out there right now. So you know, total all three levels. 
so that's been that's been a tough thing you know when i first came in we had over 1400 1450 in our in our school and now we're you know like 950 so that's taken its toll on us attrition wise, but now we love that. We love the competition and you know, that's kind of what we're all about. And that's what we, what we preach. Let's talk about that 2016 season. You guys were wrongfully, um, in my opinion, uh, not in the open division playoff, but you know, a lot of teams, and I know you guys are one of those teams that want to compete for an open championship. You know, some of the teams can get disappointed that they don't make the open, and then they go into D one and they don't, you know, rally to to get a to get a CIF title. You guys did that. How are you able to, you know, maintain focus? Go, okay, we're not in the open playoff, but guys, let's go win that D one. Let's go win another state championship. Uh, how are you able to successfully pull that off with you know your staff buying in as well as your kids buying into that philosophy? I mean, you control what you can control. I mean, at at, at the end of the day, you know, that stuff comes down to whatever the computer logarithm and then how the numbers match up. I mean, you know, division one is, is, you know, I mean, it's still pretty darn competitive and pretty darn tough. So, you know, looking at that and, you know, we were the ninth team that year, you know, and we got the one seed, you know, kind of going into division one, you know, we embraced it. You know, we're not hanging our heads. So I'm sorry for ourselves. Obviously we want to compete for an open championship. I think, you know, if you want to be an elite program, you better have those elite aspirations. But at the same time, you know, we get gotten to Division One. We're not going to just turn our gear in and say oh, we're done. You know, we're going to go out and we're going to attack what's in front of us. And you know, that was a, just a kind of a crazy year, a storybook year. My son and I were actually talking about it on the way home today. You know how you know we kind of fell behind and 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 kind of rallied to come back in both that Saints game and then the Calabasas game and then you know on to Sacramento to win that state championship. So that was you know it ends up being a pretty darn you know good year and that was a really special extremely talented and competitive football team that 2016 team. You had two state championships in, in your tenure at, at, at uh, Madison High School. Uh, was 2016 more memorable or was the one you won before more memorable? Or they, uh, you know, t- talk to about the differences in between uh, those two state championship runs. Well, 16 is probably more memorable because I get older and then I forget about you know, 12 <laughs> and all the little uh, details of it. But, um, no, they're both extremely special in their own right, and you know, no one is is more than the other. I mean, obviously, 2012 was a was a really special run, and we kind of had, you know, similar um, a similar role, you know, going that way. Uh, but yeah, 16, you know, I mean, both of them were obviously really special, and really kind of the most memorable one for me is the 2010, you know, CIF championship, and you know, we went up and played Escalon, you know, and we so I we should have had three state championships if we didn't have the God's opening up the rain on us that day because that really hurt us. But um, now we've had some we've had some pretty good teams at Madison, so they're they're all special in their own right for sure. You got a special team again this year, the 2018 team. Let's talk about it. You got some talented players. You got arguably the best player in the county in Keenan Christian. You know he's getting offers from 20 different schools, including Alabama and the likes of uh, you know some top storied programs in college football. Uh, Daniel Stokes is another kid that that uh, that played really well uh, this weekend. What can you say about these kids that you have on your team? And not only are they good, you know, on the field, but you got you got some great young men over there at Madison as well. We do, and, and you know those guys are really high academic um, kids. Uh, we're we're very fortunate to have, you know, offensively across the board, we have some great athletes. So we have a lot of guys that can do some special things when the football's in their hands. And so I think the most remarkable thing about them is, you know, they're they're team guys. So they understand like, hey, if 
if one thing's not working, you know, like last week against Rancho Morado was a really tough game for us. It was physically demanding, and, and Rancho Morado did a great job scheming us. You know, we had to change some things, and we had to do some different things. And our kids embraced it, and, you know, and they're willing to do whatever it's going to take to be successful. And so I think that's the biggest thing when you get the team to buy in and that chemistry part of it. Um, it really makes everything easier from the coaching aspect. You know, you're not trying to, you know, you're not trying to get this many touches for this kid or this many. It's not about that. Those kids are going to get their touches, um, but it's more about, all right, what do we have to do on this Friday, you know, to win? You know, what do we have to do to be successful and accomplish our goal? And so those guys are on board and, and uh, it makes life a lot easier for us as coaches. So you got Bonita Vista this Friday. Um, based on what they do, uh, what you watched on film, what what are some guys that, you know, you, you've noticed on Bonita Vista that, um, are going to be an impact for Benita against you guys. What are some things they do well, and you know some things you uh, you guys are looking out for before you run into that game on Friday night? Yeah, I mean, I think Benita Vista. They have some pretty athletic kids. You know, they're 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 pretty skilled across the board. They they spread you out. They make you defend the whole field. Um, their quarterback's really elusive. He's, he's an athletic kid. He's got a good arm. He can run. You know, so I think that that creates some some matchup issues. You know, some spatial issues. And then, you know, obviously defensively, they get after it. They're, they're pretty relentless in their aggression. Um, they fly to the ball. They, they cover well. They, they really bring a lot of pressure. So, you know, we have some things that we really got to make sure we're doing right. Otherwise, uh, you know, it could be a long night for us. You know, Coach, thanks again for joining us today, giving your opinion on that. And we, we wish you the best of luck uh, throughout the rest of the season and uh, representing San Diego well in your two out-of-section games. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You have a great year. Welcome back to the Inside the Huddle podcast with Braden Soprenit with Southern California Prep Insider. I'm now joined by head coach of the Carlsbad Lancers, Thad McNeil. He's entering his eighth season as the head coach of the football program up there in Carlsbad. He's got a 45-38 and 38 record as the head coach of his alma mater. Coach, how you doing? I'm well. How are you? Thanks for having me on the show. I'm well as well. Uh, you know, just just finishing up some stuff before uh, I talked to you, and everything worked out. So so we're good. So let's let's get into how how you got into coaching. What made you get into being a high school football coach? And at what point in your life you're like, you know what? I want to I want to pursue you know being a coach and a, and a mentor for young men. Well, uh, you know, I played at Carlsbad High School and um, played for a great coach named Rick Brown. And uh, obviously had a love and passion for the game. And then I uh, played at Saddleback Junior College and then San Francisco State. And uh, right when I was finishing my degree, uh, my fifth year of college, I came back home and I actually had my degree from Cal State Fullerton. Coach Brown had an opening on his uh, coaching staff for varsity. And so I was about 23 years old and um, – I was thinking of going to law school. I had taken the LSAT, and uh, I was going in that direction. I'm an English major and criminal justice minor. Um, but uh, I, I agreed to coach at Carlsbad right out of college and just really loved it and and uh, realized this is what I wanted to do. And so uh, I went that route, and then I got my teaching credential, and I got my first uh, teaching job and. After uh, Carlsbad High, I taught at Capitol Valley up in Mission Viejo, and that's where my career started. Let's get into before you were at um, Carlsbad, you coached at Lakewood. Uh, let's, let's talk about your experience at Lakewood. You know, you won their first league title in 26 years. You had back-to-back Pac-5 
semifinalists, uh, three consecutive double-digit wins. And you guys snapped Long Beach Poly's 80-game league win streak back in 2009. Um, out of all those accolades and memories, what what stood out to you as your time as the Lakewood head coach? Well, is this my first job? Um, I, I was an assistant at Los Alamitos for eight years as the uh, offense coordinator there. And I was really wanting to be a head coach, and I was going to wait around for that job. Uh, John Barnes is one of the winningest coaches in Orange County. He was getting ready to retire, but the Lakewood job came open. It was really close to our house. Um, they play in the Tough Moore League with Long Beach Poly, as you mentioned. And it was like two miles from my house. Um, I thought, I'm going to give this one a shot um, and go for it. And so, uh, you know, we just got really – um, I just feel real blessed and lucky when I was at Lakewood, we, we, we had a slew of great players go through there in five years. We had 35 division one scholarships and, um, it was just a, a, a great, great time to, to, uh, to be coaching at Lakewood high, you know, some really, really good players. And I had some great assistants. And then, uh, you know, we were, um, the elephant in the room was Long Beach Poly, of course. Knowing uh, Lakewood had not beat them in 27 years, so obviously I wasn't a part of that. We got close. My first year they blew us out. My second year, um, we got really close. It was a 13 to eight game, and then uh, my third year we beat them. So, um, you know, it was, it was uh, something um, that I'll never forget at at, at that stadium, over 10,000 people, and we uh, rushed the field and celebrated, and then uh, yeah, we were able to get to the semifinals and. Just uh, had some pretty good success, and I uh, feel very lucky. It was a great time. Very successful up there, but you know, was your heart still in, in San Diego? Were you monitoring the Carlsbad situation? What ultimately led you uh, to come back to San Diego, and, and how how quick were you to jump on an opportunity to coach at your alma mater when it when it came about? Yeah, it kind of it was stewing a little bit. Bob McAllister, who has is uh, our field named after him. He did such a great job. He's here 17 years, and I became friends with him. And probably in the last four years, he was telling me he was getting closer. And so I just started thinking about it more. Um, my mother, at the time, she's passed now. She's uh, She was in Carlsbad, and, and, and I wanted to get closer to her because I know she was getting sick. And then I had eight guys in my wedding, and seven of them lived in Carlsbad. Um, I wanted to raise my kids here. That's, you know, I, I, I've lived here since I was, uh, in nursery school, basically kindergarten. And, um, my, my wife and I, I met my wife at Carlsbad high. We just felt like, uh, it was a good time to come home. We were in Orange County for 15 years. Uh, but ultimately, uh, we wanted to raise our family in this great community. And we think Carlsbad is just a special city and a, a great high school. So, um, just really felt blessed. It got, we got lucky. The timing was right. Um, and I really think it helped my career to coach at other places. You know, um, I spent my career going against Long Beach Poly, Modern Day, Servite, Bishop Amont, Mission Viejo, um, you name it, some really great high schools up in the Southern section. So I felt like, uh, I was pretty prepared, um, when I was able to get the job at Carlsbad. You got the job at Carlsbad. What was the state of the program before you took over and, and what, uh, what sort of tweaks did you need to make to make it, uh, you know, to put your own little spin on, on Carlsbad football? You know, they're very, very competitive. Um, Bob just did a great job in his years there, you know, they, and he had some wonderful years, you know, they won CIF titles when he was the head coach. And so, um, you know, I want to take things he did 
and then all the experiences that I had at Los Alamitos and Lakewood and, and bring our spin to it. And, uh, it's a different time. You know, we, we, uh, at Carlsbad, we don't, we don't have any transfers. Um, we just don't get them and, and, uh, we don't accept transfers into the district. You have to live in the district. It's really different than a lot of schools that we go up against. And so, um, you play with Carlsbad kids. And so you have to do a really good job developing them. And especially our off season is, is, uh, crucial that we lift weights and we get prepared for the uh, fall season because the teams we play are also competitive and well coached. Um, but, uh, you know, our, our, the, the, you know, I, I think Carl's a great place. We, we get, we get good players. Uh, we have a great community and, and uh, our administration really supports our program. Let's talk about that great community and that aspect that Carlsbad High School has. Uh, you're one of two high schools in the Carlsbad area. The other one's Sage Creek. They don't really have football, so it's a little bit more of a, a football school there in Carlsbad. But I'm gonna tell you right now that that I was able to, to to witness what the atmosphere was like at Carlsbad for a playoff game last year when my Cathedral Dawns rolled in, and I, I tell you what, that was the most uh, rowdy crazy awesome fans I have ever seen at any high school games whether my experience in Texas or California what could you say about the student backing and the and the way your fans show out for Carlsbad football it's just become such an event at at, at our football games there's so much fun one we we pretty much sell them out um last year we got named the number one spirited school in the country I don't know how they uh, come to that um, title, or who judges it, or who who, who participated, but but we got the uh, the uh, the nod for number one spirited school in the country. In our loud crowd, we have themes every Friday. This past Friday, we are going to have two home games before we're even in school, and so I was worried about our crowd. And uh, lo and behold, Friday night we were packed again. It was uh, a black back in black theme. Our loud crowd was in black and loud and crazy. Our cheerleaders, our band, uh, we wore our all black uniforms. Um, you know, if you're a high school kid, it's just such a great, great experience to run out onto Bob McAllister field and, uh, wear that Carlsbad Jersey. Um, you know, I have a bunch of guys on my staff that, uh, graduated from Carlsbad as well. And so we all bleed purple. Um, and there's just a big loyalty to our, to our, to our school. I mean, it was, we had a ton of guys come back for the first game, great alumni. Um, we got all kinds of guys, Christian Chapman and Jordan Perez who are playing big time college football. They're calling or texting me before and after the game, everyone's following it. Um, you know, it, it gives you that little hometown feel, I guess. And, uh, you're right. Last year against Cathedral, you know, Cathedral always travels very well. And then with our crowd, and it was a pretty good game. We were able to beat them uh, in in the playoffs last year, and it's just a lot of fun being at home. Yeah, that that, that atmosphere was was uh, second to none. And and you're talking to a guy that's you know worked in high school football in Texas and all around the country. So I'm not that shocked that you guys won. Uh, you know the national student section of the year or whatever, whatever the award was that you said because you know your guys' atmosphere is great. Let's talk about that first game you guys had. You beat uh, Steel Canyon last week, forty-one thirteen. Um, you know for most media members that was an eye-opening game. Even though we know how good Carlsbad is, Steel Canyon's coming off a state championship game. 
uh, what was working for you in that game, and and what were some you know some bright spots you saw? Obviously, besides the scoreboard uh, for the Carlsbad Lancers. Well, you know, first off, they they were the defending state championship, and so they got a lot of um, notoriety for that as well. You know, we played them two years ago. We went up to their place, and we were able to beat them two years ago. All those kids were juniors, and then their senior, they they had that great season. Um, but you know, we felt like uh, we have like 14 returning starters, 16, something like that. We, we Last year we started seven sophomores. Um, and a bunch of people, some people picked us to lose. So we uh, we took that personal, you know. Um, we play, uh, we, we, we think we play a pretty competitive, uh, you know, schedule um, within our league. And uh, we were excited to play Steel Canyon, you know. Uh, they do a great job. They have a great coaching staff. They're very well prepared. And they have great athletes all over the field. Um, they had a transfer quarterback that was fantastic. We had a hard time really containing them. Um, but we did. And the, the, the score really didn't indicate how the game went. Um, they, they turned the ball over a few times. We were able to capitalize. And then we had some nice punt returns that set us up for some uh, quick scores. And, um, you know, we were pretty efficient. Our quarterback in his first start threw four touchdown passes. Um, the key was we had four touchdown passes. We had no fumbles, no interceptions, and no sacks. And um, even one of their scores was a, a kick return. So our defense really only gave up one touchdown. Um, but with that said, I, I think they're going to be really good um, in their division and in their league. Uh, they're really, really fast and talented. We just we got them early, and uh, we were very fortunate to come out with a win. Let's talk about some of your returning starters you have. One of them is Austin Turner. He's a four-star commit to Washington. Talk about the player he is and talk about the, you know, the, the great uh, you know, off-the-field guy that he is as well. You know, Asa, I, I've been fortunate to have coached a bunch of great players who've gone on and played major college football, and he's, he's in that high echelon of all of them. He's, uh, you know, he finished the semester with a 4.0, um, He's our team captain. He's one of the well most liked kids on our team, as well as uh, you know, at our school. Our, our all the the teachers he has uh, really love him. He's super humble. He's super hardworking. You know, when you have the best player on your team, who's the hardest worker on your team, and has a great attitude, you got something special. Um, yeah, he's he he, uh, he committed Washington pretty early. Um, he had USC, Notre Dame, and Michigan were the final four, and uh, he just loved those dogs up at uh, you know in Seattle. They've done a great job getting guys uh, NFL and pro football, especially in the defensive backs. Um, so we anticipate Ace is going to have a great senior year. Um, I think he's the best player in the county, um, and uh, hopefully he'll get to show that in the next uh, coming weeks. I'm sure he really loves the color purple too. He gets to bleed uh, purple in high school and in college yeah. now at uh, at UW. Let's talk about Desert Vista. It's your game this Friday from Phoenix. You know a lot of a lot of controversy about you know playing out of section. We'll get into that in a, in a second. And the controversy is um, about you know people that really don't know what type of team some of these schools are. So give us a scouting report. What is Desert Vista like? What are you expecting from them? What are some good things they do on tape? And, you know, maybe some players that stick out to you as um, being potential guys you're going to have to worry about on Friday. Well, you know, we're very concerned about them. They're, they're uh, offensively, they're very solid. They have some playmakers, both at receiver and running back, and their quarterback is mobile and can throw. 
their O line is humongous. And then defensively, you know, I call our offense, so, you know, I look closely at the defense. Um, their front seven are the best I've seen um, in, in a while. They're very, very good. Their front four, they're all huge. Starting with their one of their D tackles is already committed to Cal. He's 6'4", 275, and he moves around really well. Their Mike Backer, 6'2", 220, he plays downhill. Um, I just think it's, they're a really big physical group out of Phoenix. Uh, you know, we scheduled the game that they called. They want to get out of the, the, the heat. I don't, I didn't know anything about them. Um, we just needed a, a, you know, I needed a good game. I wanted something very competitive and I looked them up a little bit and they're, they're in the same division with Chandler and Brophy prep. And so, uh, they do a great job, you know, and, uh, it's going to be a battle, you know, it's almost a, I don't know if it's a it's a lose lose. It's like if we beat them, they're like, oh, you beat a team from Arizona. But if you lose to them, they're like, oh, you, you lost to some random team. But um, if you do a little homework, you know, De- Desert Vista out of Phoenix, man, they play good football. So we're gonna have our hands full on Friday night. I expect a very very competitive, hard fight game. Coach, thanks again for joining us today. Good luck this Friday against Desert Vista and uh, that brutal gauntlet that is the Avocado League coming up. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Welcome back to Inside the Huddle Podcast with Braden Zaprenit with Southern California Prep Insider. I'm now joined by San Diego High's Charles James, the head coach over there for the Cavers, entering his fourth season, 16-18 and 18 in his run so far. But last year, a huge year, 12-1, and one, went to the CIF Championship. Coach James, how are you doing tonight? I'm hanging in there. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Coach. Uh, let's talk about your um, your background and how you got into coaching um, because I ask every coach and every coach has their own story, but at what point in your life um, and at what um, what was your deciding factor in, in trying to become a, a head football coach um, for the high school level and being a mentor to, to young men? Um, it started, man, when I, was, I, I might have been like eight years old. And um, the funny thing is it was at a game, my uncle Charles Johnson – and all my uncles, actually, uh, Tracy McNair, head coach at Morris, and David Dunn. Them's all my uncles. Um, watching them play at Morris High School and Coach Shaq, uh, you know, I was just intrigued by how Coach Shaq, you know, had this power to to have these big old dudes just go out there and dominate the way they do and, um, and, and all the things that he would do as far as take the kids to Hawaii and all that stuff like that. And I just wanted to be a, a, a you know, um, a coach since then. So I always tell that story sometimes and, and Coach Shaq, you know, I've talked to him as well, but he was my, he was the first person that actually made me want to say, hey, I want to be a coach. I was watching him like eight years old. How did you uh, get, give us your coaching background? How did you uh, get to where you are today as the, the head football coach at San Diego High? Well, um, playing football, um, I, I played at San Diego High and then I transferred to Morris my last two years and um, went to uh, UNLV and um, played college ball and came back and coached Glenn Goins, who was my, my youth coach. Um, uh, he was coaching at San Diego High. And that was my first job at San Diego High. I came in as a um, as a wide receiver coach on the freshman level and, um, you know, did good. And uh, the next year he had got the, the varsity head job and he uh, gave me the freshman um, job and, uh, um, coached that and then he 
he gave me the job as a coordinator on the varsity, and I just got that that coaching bug from there. I still was playing at the time. I was playing arena football and stuff like that. So um, arena football is in spring, and in the fall is you know the high school. So it worked where I was doing football almost year round. Um, but that was my first my first uh, uh, coaching experience. Um, I coached at San Diego High for about four years. <laughs> then I went to Morris High School, and I started at the freshman level there under. Um, Coach uh, Rex, and uh, then I went up to Junior Varsity under Coach McNair, Coach with Coach McNair for um, three, four years. Then um, I just thought I was ready uh, to take a, a head job on, so um, took over the UC program, turned that program around, um, and uh, took them to the first uh, playoff win in school history. And then um, came back, wanted to come back home, and landed at Center High, and that's where I'm at today. Let's talk about your college and, and arena football experience. What what kind of lessons did you learn doing that that you can incorporate to your coaching that you do incorporate with your coaching um, when you when you're coaching these high school kids? Well, uh, you know, almost everything that I do as a coach, I got from some coach that that coached me. Um, the trips and stuff like that that I do to give team bonding and things like that that came from Coach Shaq. We went to Hawaii every year before our first game. That was our first trip. And we we just didn't go to have fun and play games. Like, we would learn a lot of things about the culture and stuff like that and Pearl Harbor, and it was just a great thing. So I always kept that with me. So I always did something at a team bonding event, no matter where I coached. Um, uh, Coach Bob Perone, um showed me the patience. Coach uh, Shacklett showed me the, the, the you know, the, the no-nonsense, let's go out here and, and handle business. And then um, I played for John Robinson, who is, you know, one of the greatest coaches of all time. And I've seen the, the business side of it as far as, you know, the things that you got to do as far as X's and O's and preparing for a win, breaking down film and stuff like that, I learned from him. So, it, it, you know, all everything that, that I do in my coaching, I try to give to everybody else is, is, is I have a part of um, almost every coach that I, you know, play for. It's a piece of it that I learned how uh, to to run our games and our practices and our formats, all that stuff. Let's talk about San Diego High. Okay, San Diego High started football in 1891. They've been around for a long time. They have the only national championship in San Diego for any high school program. Um, and, and then you play in a, in a stadium that has the only professional championship in San Diego and such a storied uh, stadium that the Chargers used to play at in Balboa over there at San Diego High. How is it coaching at such a historical program and in such a historical venue? It's great, you know, to see to see, uh, you know, especially like a lot of coaches from um, different colleges when they come in. I tell them, I say, you know, the Chargers used to play here, and I bring it up on my phone on YouTube or something like that, and they get a kick out of it. A lot of them don't even know that that stadium was even there. Um, but to to hear some of the people that were in that stadium, the Beatles, and you know, uh, presidents and you know, all these powerful people and, 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 you know, all that stuff that was there is just amazing. And they have some of the, the, the things that San Diego High that was actually from the original school still there from 1885. Um, so it, it's very exciting uh, to to coach there um, in, in a place like that. Let's talk about, um, your you know, your tenure so far at San Diego High. Your first two years, the team goes to combine 3-17. and 17, But then last year, you guys go 12-1. and one. You win the first league title for the team since 1974 and play in a CIF championship game. 
what what clicked for you guys? What was it? You know, maybe a coaching standpoint, or what clicked in your players to you know kind of turn it around pretty pretty quickly right there. Well, when I first got there, um, one thing that the first year I got there, talking to the kids, I had a kid named Jalen Booth who you know went to Azusa Pacific. He said that all four years that he's been there, he had a different head coach every year, and I think. The, the main thing about it was the freshman that I brought in, I think, well, not freshman, because um, the freshman I brought in, I'm with the freshman group now, but the, the juniors and the, the sophomores that were there when I was there, um, I think it was just like, hey, we want to turn this thing around and we got some stability with the same coaches, the same system. Um, we know how what they want of us. We know what we want to do. And we want to do something here that hasn't been done in, in, in shooting history almost. Um to to uh, especially uh, in in this day and age because I think the the, the history the, the best record was eleven and one um, they lost to Long Beach probably in the playoffs and then so we went twelve and zero so that we were the first twelve and zero team since nineteen twelve or something like that they said um, so to to be a part of that history um, you know that was the push for the guys like it's a lot of historic things in San Diego High but you have to um, mention that team from last year. Um, anytime you mention San Diego High, so that was the push to to get those guys going. Let's talk about last season from the Charles James perspective. You win Coach of the Year, you take your team to a CIF championship. You know they fall a little short, but you know the twelve and zero season, like you said uh, before the championship game. I know it, it, seasons are a rush, and and you go through fast, and you're working hard. How were you able to sit back and, and kind of enjoy things at all during that uh, season last year? Describe for us, you know, how you felt during that whole season. Um, I didn't get a chance to to relax and, and enjoy a lot of it until, um, you know, like maybe basketball season. I sat back and I, <laughs> I watched all the all the uh, the, the videos uh, from the interviews and the, the PPRs and all all that stuff that they had posted that's you know great that you can actually go back and look at I didn't get a chance to, to really realize it and I told uh one of I forgot who was interviewing me but I was like we were so tunnel vision we we didn't really get to enjoy a lot of it until after it was gone but um it was an amazing year it's something that you know some coaches go their whole life and, and don't get to that point um coaching or playing and um, and that's one of the things I told the kids to do, and and uh, you know I enjoyed it. Uh, we're we're hoping for another season like that, but um, you know uh, I'll never forget that year. Let's talk about the off season you guys just had. Okay, you lose the championship game. You had a pretty remarkable season. Was that extra motivation for you and and your kids this this off season and trying to like look? We got a taste of it. Now let's go win it in 2018. Well, we. A little bit. Um, one thing that that um, hurt us pretty bad in San Diego High is is notorious for this. I mean, it's not a it's not a secret. It's not a it's nothing new. But um, the numbers hurt us um, last year and this year. Um, we only had 16 players last year. So when people looked at us overall, like, hey, you guys got numbers. Well, we actually suited up the freshmen, the JV, and the varsity on game day to just make the sidelines look packed. But you know. Raiden Hunter and Jaden Whitworth, those guys don't come off the field, including special teams. So um, the numbers are, you know, really affected. So when we lost out of those guys last year, we lost like 12 seniors. This year we had to actually bring up our freshmen from freshmen to varsity this year. So they're getting experience on the run. 
um, and we only have like 19 players right now. Um, and, and we're combining the JV with the varsity. So we don't have a JV program. And in our freshman program, it's like 19 um, guys in that program, 17, 19, somewhere around there. So we're hoping that when school starts, we'll get a couple more numbers out there. But, um, you know, it, it we want to repeat and we want to do what we got to do and we're working hard for it. But it's kind of hard when you don't have that many people that actually knew the amount of work that it took to get to that point. So they're all starting fresh. And, um, you know, the guys from last year are trying to tell them, like, hey, this ain't it. We got to push it a little bit more. Speaking of 2018, you mentioned a couple guys already, Raiden Hunter uh, being one of them. But, you know, what are some uh, some players that, you know, San Diego might not be uh, familiar with that are going to be an impact for the Cavers this year? Um, we Daniel um, Daniel Thomas is a, is a big uh, big impact on both sides of the ball. Um, he was a guy to catch the one-hand catches in the championship game. Um, he's, he's an athlete and he's a big guy. Um, Eric Ofanos is, is a beast. He's on both sides of the ball. He's a linebacker. He plays guard for us as well. Um, Quinn O'Connor, our quarterback is back. He threw for over 1500 yards last year. Um, then we have, uh, uh, Jaden Wickware, who he has like nine offers right now. He's doing some amazing things as well. And then the sleeper that nobody really knows about is Mo Jackson. He's going to make some noise. He's already, uh, with his numbers he put up the other day for a career, he's a he's a sophomore, but um, he he played varsity last year and went for sixteen six hundred yards combined, and he's put up another one hundred twenty two back to back games, counting the kickoff classic one hundred yards. So he's going to make some noise to where his senior year he might be going for that um, that all time leading uh, career rushing record. Um, but um, you know those guys are are. are really doing some things and we also have Charles Johnson who is replacing um, Thomas Marcus on the edge and he's making some noise as well and he has an offer as well so we got a couple skill guys that can that can go um, you know and, and we're counting on them to uh, you know pull this thing together so you guys you guys like uh, you make you like making those trips like you said and you got that from coach Shaq you played it out of state. You played in Vegas last week. Uh, how was the trip to Vegas on the field, and how was the trip off the field in in terms of team building, or is uh, what happened in Vegas stay in Vegas? Well, you know, the cool thing was like I, I mentioned before, I played at UNLV. So one of my teammates actually coached on the other team. That's how we linked the game up. So it was kind of like a homecoming for me. Um, the cool thing about uh, playing out of state, and I, you know, I always tell everybody, and I know a couple teams with the Hawaii this year. Um, I think it's great. I think it's real great because you, you get to play teams that you don't know, different type of ball that that you haven't seen. And um, you know, when we got there, they had these banners that was like California versus uh, Nevada. So it's kind of like you're 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 putting the whole state on your back when you go against another team like that, and it's a great feeling because you're not battling San Diego against San Diego all the time. Um, you're just representing for where we're from. And um, I think it's a great experience because, you know, a lot of people rooted us on. And what was amazing at the game was so many people had called because they knew that we was there and was like, hey, we want to come to the game. So we had guys that were Morris alumni. We had guys who were Santa Bahia alumni, Kearney alumni, Lincoln alumni. And it was just like, we're here because they live in Vegas and they wanted to see a team from San Diego. And to see us go out there and put up the numbers that we did, and they was like yelling, "That's how San Diego does it." That's how San Diego does it. <laughs> it, it was a cool, it was a cool thing, and I think all our kids, um, you know, have fun with it to see a crowd that size. It wasn't huge, but we had some good numbers up there, and 
to hear those 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 family come up there, drive up there, and then they have you know to have a San Diego family that that's in Vegas. They were really excited about that, and um, I thought it was exciting. It, it was fun. That that's awesome, Coach, and we're glad you got the win for San Diego. Anytime we go out of section, I'm always rooting for any of the San Diego teams. Even though yeah. uh, all of our San Diego teams uh, fight with each other in in county, when we go out of county, uh, we definitely like to support our boys really well. Speaking of oh, which, yeah. you guys got a big game against Lincoln this week. Um, from watching mm-hmm. film so far, what do they do well? What are some guys that uh, you notice on tape that uh, are going to be uh, some potential uh, problems for you guys? Uh, well, you guys, you know, Lincoln is always, I mean, it's, it's historic for having, you know, I think they're like number two uh, in, in the state with NFL guys. Um, you're always going to have, <clears throat> you're always going to have athletes over there. Um, they got some amazing guys this year. Uh, Don Chapman, I know he's a, uh, He's he's like their their main um, highest recruit, um, but they got a lot of other guys, man. Um, their biggest um, attribute, in my opinion, is their their wide receivers and their quarterback connection. They did very well in the seven hundred seven. Um, went to LA and represented real well. I think they went to the semis and won every seven hundred seven down here. So you have to really respect uh, an air flight crew like that. Um, far as their line. Um, and on offensive offensive side and the defensive side, they're big, they're huge, um, they move as a unit. Um, I think they're going to make some noise in in their league, and they play some big dogs um, that they're they're going to get ready for coming down later on the season. But I think some people might you know kind of look past them. But it, you know when it comes to the cathedrals and the Madisons and stuff like that, but I think they're going to be able to compete and do well. If not even win it. Um, but as far as us. You know, we're the small dogs, man. We're the small dogs, and, and you know, it's just like uh, any other team in, in college football. The first week one, you're going to have an Appalachian Christian go against the USC, you know, to see what they can do. And um, that's us. You know, we want to see what we can do against the big dogs, the Division Two team. And, um, you know, uh, you know we're, we're, we're ready for the challenge, and, um, you know, we're ready to compete. So I'm all for it. Have a have a good good season this year. We're looking forward to uh, talking to you again soon. Oh, I appreciate it. Let's get into uh, our topic of the week right now, and uh, our topic of the week is is playing out of section, whether or not it's good for San Diego or not. And, and I know every coach wants to they do what's best for their team anyway. Um, let Let's start with you, Coach Jackson. You got Palos Verdes on the schedule in Vista Marietta. I, I I know you guys as well as a lot of other schools have had some struggle, you know, finding games in the city of San Diego. What is your overall philosophy when it comes to playing outside of the San Diego section, and and what is your view on it, whether it be pro or con, of of whether or not it actually helps out the San Diego section? Because you know Helix last week played out a section of very good Cajon team. They didn't get the outcome they're they're looking for. Same with uh, Mission Hills. I know you don't want to speak for them, but you know, go ahead, speak about Madison and and why you know you guys go out and play other schools outside the section. You know, quite honestly, um, I'm not a really a big fan of it. The, as a public school, you know, we get certain funding, and we don't get a whole lot of funding to to make those trips, and so um we have to raise that money and, and then we have to spend money that should should be spent other you know in other places so um you know I, i'm a high school football coach in san diego county and it's one thing if i have you know the budget to be able to afford to do it i mean it's fun it's fun playing other teams but the good thing is at least this is coming here this year and then we have to go play a three o'clock game up in la which 
you know, is unfortunate because we can't find games here. Um, I know Mission Hills has the same issue. I know Helix has the same issue. Um, I know Cathedral sometimes has the same issue. I know there's a lot of teams. Saints have had that same issue. So it would be nice, you know, if we would figure out something here where we can, you know, where we can play local teams. Um, I, You know, I, I know everyone has the argument, you know, San Diego versus Southern Section and, and L.A. and et cetera, et cetera. Well, I'm worried about Madison. You know, obviously I want San Diego football to be strong and thrive. But at the same time, you know, it's hard when you put yourself in a hole, you know, financially, and you're trying to kind of tread water to get out of it. I love the competition aspect of it, but um, but it can be difficult. You know, finding our schedule last year was was a struggle. And, you know, I, I don't know what else to say about that. It, it, it's hard when, when local teams won't play. And the problem that we had with, you know, some of those other teams, like the Helix and Mission Hills, is because we, we'd play them, but we don't have the same weeks that we're looking for. You know, like we signed with RB early and then we were looking for different weeks and they were looking for different weeks. So the teams that typically will play you, you know, need different weeks and they're having the same issue. So um, I don't know what the answer is, but uh, it's just one of those things that we have to deal with, I guess. All right, thanks again to, to Rick Jackson, his opinion of, of, of playing out of section. He brings up a good point. You know, he wants to, you know, stay in section, especially for the public schools um, that can't really afford it. So let's let's transition to Coach McNeil. Coach, you're playing Desert Vista this Friday, and it's an out-of-section game for you guys. Well, describe for us, you know, your philosophy on playing out-of-section, whether you're for it or against it, um, and if given the opportunity, if you'd rather just, you know, play inside San Diego or not. Well, you know, you, there's different ways to look at it. Um, I, I, uh, I guess, selfishly think that the Avocado West is the toughest uh, league in the county. Um, there's seven teams top to bottom that are very good. So, you know, what's your philosophy? What do you want to do with the preseason? I have chosen to, uh, try to play a really good team to try to get us ready. Uh, we, we had a two year contract with, uh, St. Augustine, um, that just ended last year. And, uh, those were great games. Uh, we split those. They beat us two years ago and we beat them last year. And then, uh, we played Brophy Prep out of Arizona. They were highly touted. And this year we're playing another team out of Arizona in um, Desert Vista. So um, I just like to play great competition. You know, I, I'm, I, I know how tough our league is, and so I want to try to get us ready for our league. A follow-up to that, have you, because a lot of top programs in San Diego County, including most of the Avocado teams and the likes of uh, Cathedral and Saints and, and Helix and Madison, just to name a few, They've had some trouble trying to find games in San Diego. Have you um, dealt with any of that and trying to find some competitive games um, for non-league? 100%. Um, you know, we, we I think it was three years ago, we traveled out to Brawley uh, for a game. Um, we, we'll play anybody, you know, and I, I love it when um, I'll hear someone, a coach or somebody say, well, we asked them for a game, and it's simply not true because uh, – I need games and I'm going to go on record. I need three games next year because these three games are done. Our first game with uh, steel Canyon was a one-year deal. This desert Vista was a one-year deal and Sweetwater's up. So I will play anybody, any place, anywhere. Um, you know, we, 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 uh, we'll do a home and away. We travel well. Uh, we just need to fill games. And so uh, it's, it's, it's really an issue. Um, sometimes you get into a bind. If you wait, you can end up playing nine games or something, and I don't want to do that to our kids. So 
That's why we'll take uh, a team like Desert Vista, who we don't know much about. And, um, you know, there's a little bit of risk of playing them because they're not in our division and they're not going to be ranked. They're going to be ranked differently because they're from out of state. But for us, it's uh, worth the risk to to, uh, get ready for our league. So we move on to you, uh, Coach, when it comes to our topic of the week. Um, And it's playing out of section. And Rick Jackson brought up some good points earlier about, you know, schools, some San Diego Unified schools, it's tough for them to play out of section due to, you know, budgeting reasons of travel and whatnot. And then, you know, Coach Mack up in Carlsbad brought up some good points. You know, he likes the competition outside of San Diego, maybe for one or two games. You talked a little bit about team building, but what is your overall opinion about playing teams out of section? Are you for it? Are you against it? And how, how, do, you, uh, how do you think we San Diego teams fare when we play out of section? I think we do very well, um, especially when we go on that state run. Um, I think the year Cathedral won state and Madison won state. I think we went, you know, two for two out there. And, and you know, and the other teams that didn't make it, I think they did very well playing against, um, you know, other teams outside the city or whatever the case may be. Um, and, you know, I think it's a great thing. Um, I really do. These are, these are, I mean, every different state football is – Football's football, but it's, it's played differently. Um, I remember, you know, playing arena in Arkansas and watching some high school teams down there and stuff like that. They're huge, and it's their power game. Um, so sometimes you'll see it like when uh, Oregon played against Ohio State in the national championship. You've seen powerball against speedball, you know, and I think they were speed in California, and I think in some other states they're 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 more power and more muscle, and I think that, you know, all kids, you know, get to see it like, man, it's different. That was one thing that when we played um, Hawaii when I was at Morris, when I played for Shack, it was just a different type of ball up there. It was like, man, these are big dudes that, <laughs> that moves buildings. Um, and, and they were thinking the same thing with us. It was like, these dudes are just too fast. Um, so I think it's a great experience for, for kids to see different type of um, football as well as, as learn different philosophies of coaching and um, back and forth, like I could sit back and watch Rick for years, and watch you know, uh, you know, Coach Mack and Coach, you know, all these coaches for years, and say, hey, you know, I kind of get where they're going with this and what type of ball, what kind of offense they run, and then you get used to it and get settled in, and then you go to you know, out of the state, and it's something totally different. Like the team we played, I, we were talking, and the coach said, who you guys got next week? I said Lincoln. He said, oh, that's a good group. I said, who you guys got? And then he said, well, we got Southern Southern, but in two weeks we got Bishop Gorman. So it's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, what an upgrade right there. <laughs> <laughs> like you guys are playing Bishop Gorman. He's like, they're in our league. So to play a team that's in Bishop Gorman's league, they have to run stuff a certain way. And, um, you know, um, you know, we, we were ready for it. And, you know, I, I think it's a positive thing. I don't think it's negative at all. Thanks again to all the coaches who joined me today on the podcast talking about whether or not you should play out of town and whether or not it's a good thing. And I think a lot of the coaches brought up some great points. And, and, and one of the points, um, you know, pro and con, uh, pro Charles James talking about team building and talking about, you know, how he enjoyed it when he played for Coach Jack at Morse, the trips they used to go to Hawaii. So he tries to implement that in his coaching. And, and that's why they did that Vegas trip uh, this past week and, and how he wants to uh, – 
you know, implement that in his coaching and how he runs San Diego High. But then again, you got another, um, you know, and then of course you got Coach McNeil talking about the challenges uh, you face and you want to play the best. And sometimes you, uh, it doesn't match up well down here when you're trying to find games and, you know, you're looking for this week, but, you know, they, you know, one of the teams is looking for another week. And, and so you have to go out of town, but it, you still want to play the competition you want to play. Um, so you jump on a, on a team like like Desert Vista or you jump on a team out of town like a San Clemente or something, you know, just kind of not too far from you. Um, and in terms of working out a deal with, with uh, you know, a home-and-home home or maybe just a one-year deal. And then Rick Jackson on the other side brought up a great point about talking about, you know, how how the budget uh, affects how they travel and how the city section has, um, you know, it's kind of tough when it comes to uh, budgeting for bus trips and, and, and other things like that, trying to drive up to L.A., trying to drive up to Orange County. Um, and that sort of thing. So I think all the coaches brought up good points. In terms of me, I think it's good for the sport. I, th- I think it's good for San Diego High or San Diego High School, high schools around um, around the county, like I've been saying, to go up there and, and play and challenge yourself. But I think it, it depends on the matchup. I, I think you need to find a team that's kind of closer to your caliber. That's why playing in San Clemente, I think, is good for the Avocado League schools. First of all, it's not that far of a travel. Uh, and second of all, it's a good team. It's it's probably a team that would be definitely top five in San Diego, but they're a team that's beatable. It's a Southern Section team that's beatable. It's not one of those modern days. It's not a St. John Bosco or any of those Trinity League schools or Cajon that Helix played. Um, but it's a beatable team, and it's just good. they're going to match up well uh, with a lot of our North County schools and a lot of our, our, our schools in general down here. And, and that's the other thing is, is you got to match up well. Uh, a lot of these schools get really eager. I know Cathedral gets really eager about playing some schools in their southern section. They're just kind of out of their league. Um, you know, the Orange Lutheran thing last year with the Honorable uh, was not the great of, greatest of matchups for them uh, last year. That state team probably would have gave them a good fight, um, but the team last year was not, as you could tell by the final score, they were not up to the uh, to task there. Helix again. Um, I know the coaches know what they knew that they signed up for. I don't necessarily think the players totally understood what they signed up for. Uh, and playing Cajon, Cajon's a really good team. And that's the other thing with Helix. I mean, you can knock Helix on your want. Helix is Helix. They're going to be back. They're going to pretend. They're probably going to run the table down here in San Diego. Uh, they got to get to those three out of town games first that are pretty tough with them. Uh, they still got a Royal Grande and um, and. Uh, sh- Saguaro of Arizona coming up for them. It's going to be a tough battle for them, um, but they won't. They'll play anybody. They'll go out of town. They'll play anybody anytime, anywhere, um, and and nobody ever debates that because Helix is is the program that they are. Uh, but I got to play to your matchups again. That being said, don't schedule anybody out of town that's not at your level. Just get a couple wins under your belt, and it gets difficult for the media members that don't fully research some of these schools and hype up some of the games that probably should have been hyped, too hyped um, when it comes to the out final outcome on, on some of these teams that they play. But that's a, that's what we got on the scheduling. Let's get to the, this week's picks. Um, and we and we picked on Southern California Prep Insiders Football Podcast for San Diego. Um, and we picked Ramona Point Loma, uh, Lincoln San Diego High, Del Norte, or not Del Norte, West, uh, Westview Oceanside. Um, and then we picked uh, San Marcos, Grossmont uh, were our picks for, for that, and I'll, I'll get into those picks. Uh, right now, followed with some other picks. You know, I picked uh, 11 games last week, so I'll pick 11 again this week. See how I did. Again, I went 10-1 last year, not uh, last week, not to brag, but, you know, 10-1. So, 
Anyway, Lincoln and San Diego High. This game is uh, very interesting to me. And, you know, we talked to Charles James, and he said, it. I mean, they always got athletes. Lincoln's always got the most, the a lot of athletic kids, and I think they have second most uh, NFL caliber or NFL talent uh, coming out of their school in, in the state of California with greats like Terrell Davis and Marcus Allen and and and, and stars like that and then they got another kid like Don Chapman who's going to be a, a really good college player and is going to have a, a great year this year I think it's too much for San Diego High uh, with the numbers that San Diego High has and with school not starting yet um, they're, they're they got to press a lot of young guys in action that don't have that um, experience uh, that a lot of these other teams do, and Lincoln's going to have that. Give me the Hornets this week over San Diego High. Ramona at Point Loma. Uh, that Point Loma game, losing a heartbreaker to El Camino by a field goal. Um, you know, they uh, they kind of surprised me last week. I, I didn't think they uh, uh, didn't think that game would be that close, um, despite not not being too high on El Camino um, from a talent perspective, but. You know, Point Loma played tough. I, I think Ramona's going to get more of a test out of Point Loma than they did with Modern Day, uh, just on the size of the school and what Point Loma's got. Um, but I, I still got Ramona in this game. Uh, give me the Bulldogs, even though they got to travel down to uh, the Pointers in Point Loma, and they get playing under the lights now. They got lights over at Point Loma starting last year, and it was, it was uh, it's fun to see those games at night. Um, for once, uh, Westview at Oceanside. I got to take Oceanside for the fact that I can't ever see Oceanside ever losing to Westview. Westview's got a good team; they had a great win last week. Um, if Oceanside loses to Westview, they're they're just in trouble as a program, and they've they've really fallen off. But I I hope they don't fall off as a program. I think they're going to start getting kids again and start getting better, um, and try to get back to the heyday that th- that was when they had John Carroll at, at the helm, um, and Oceanside was booming. But Give me the Pirates this week over Westview. San Marcos at Grossmont. Two teams that like to light it up offensively with Coach Texler and uh, Tom Carlo at the helm. Two East County uh, football guys. Uh, you know, Texler coached at Helix for a while in El Cajon Valley and, and some schools out there in the East County. So they're, they're probably pretty familiar with each other. Um, I'm going to take the Knights in this one. I think the Knights play a little bit more defense than Grossmont does this week. And I think the Knights move the 2-0 and on the season. As far as other games are concerned, I got Saints over Santa Fe Christian. I don't think that game's going to be very close. I got Valley Center over, or sorry, I got Otay Ranch over Valley Center. Again, I don't. I just don't think that game's going to be that close. I thought Otay Ranch played really well against San Marcos last week week uh cathedral camino i won't pick that game so i'm going to give another one for you lacoste canyon over vista give uh i think Vista's is going to give lcc a nice little run for their money but uh, lcc should be able to win by uh 10 points or more uh san clemente tory pines i think that's going to be an interesting matchup it'll decide a lot what san diego's got down here if san diego loses that game uh they're uh we're in trouble um but tory pines i i think they uh They'll have enough to beat them. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Torrey Pines beat them. I, I'm just gonna. I gotta go with San Clemente in this one. Um, they got their quarterback going to Oklahoma State. They got some talent up there, but it's a very beatable Southern Section team. Don't get don't get me wrong. Um, but I got San Clemente in that game. Lincoln, I think, is gonna beat San Diego High, like I already said. I got Oceanside over Westview, like I already said. Olympian Poway, a matchup a rematch of last year. Olympian won last year, and I think it sh- uh, stays the same. I know they lost a lot of kids, and they lost to Santa Fe Christian last week, but um, Poway looked okay against Granite Hills. Pretty close game. They're just not the same power that they used to be. Um, give me the Eagles in that one. Del Norte, Scripps Ranch. Um, 
Another intriguing matchup. I think it's going to be pretty evenly matched. I do think the Falcons of Script Ranch are going to pull it off, though. They had a good win against Sarah last week. I think they beat Del, Mor Del Norte. They got a nice little young core of guys uh, coming back uh, for the Falcons under Coach Marlon uh, Gardenera. Uh, I think they're going to they're going to do well in this game. I think they're going to win this game. I also think they're going to win next week against Fallbrook and Script Ranch is going to be three and zero before they enter their rivalry game against Mira Mesa in Week Four. Modern Day L Cap. I think Modern Day bounces back after the the trip to Ramona last week. I think they get it done this week. Um, you know, I talked to Ron Burner and El, El Cap. I think they're going to be better, but uh, their schedule's not really doing them any favors. Um, so I got Modern Day this week, and then uh, like I said, I already picked the Lacosta Canyon Vista game. So those are my picks for the week. Um, that's about all we got time for today. Again, thanks to all my coaches who came on the podcast: Rick Jackson, Thad McNeil. Uh, of Carlsbad and Charles James of San Diego High. Next week, we're going to have a great show for you. We'll recap what went down on Friday in San Diego uh, High School football. We'll give a top 10 of San Diego Prep Insider just in case you missed it. Be sure to check out all our podcasts on uh, SoundCloud and on iTunes and any, anywhere podcasts may be, as well as our, our, uh, our videos on YouTube. Got a lot of great interviews on there with you know Tommy Morris and, and Christian Pedersen, uh, Scotty Gange, Noah Alexia, Bodie De Silva, all those guys doing a great job in San Diego. And if you're interested in what's going on in the Southern Section, be sure to check out our, our Southern Section and L.A. Section videos. Uh, Connor Morissette up there in L.A. does a great job with Alex Scar, uh, Beverly Pham, Keith the Modler. Uh, and then we got, uh, of course, uh, Alex Scar, like I said earlier, and Jessica Lucero's got the Inland Empire locked down um, for us in Southern California. We got... Everything you need Southern California-wise. You want to check out the other sections, see how they're doing. You want to check out San Diego section, you know where to go. Again, SouthernCaliforniaPrepInsider.com and then our YouTube page and all that sort of stuff. Check out all our stuff we have. A lot of great interviews, a lot of, a lot of great podcasts up. And uh, we do uh, we, we cover high school's uh, football and, and all sports really well. And if you're in uh, some high school volleyball, we're going to be starting up that podcast uh, coming up next week with my uh, analyst, uh, Davis Ransom, and, and we'll get that going for you as well. For Tommy Morris, Christian Pedersen, Noel Alexi of San Diego, and Bodie De Silva, I'm Braden Zaprenner for the Inside of Hall of Podcast. Thanks again to the coaches that joined me. Be sure to check out all our stuff, like I said, again, and we'll see you guys next week. Inside the Huddle Podcast with Southern California Prep Insider, hosted by Braden Zaprenner, podcast for coaches, with coaches, and for coaches. We'll see you next week.